0: Hello, it's Paul Scott here and welcome to my weekend podcast. It's Saturday the 1st of July, 2023, so half New Year's Day. Um, I'm going to try and do this a little bit quicker this week. So the target is 40 minutes. So I've set an egg timer for 40 minutes, so if the bell goes, I'll have to stop. Who am I? Well, I'm a small caps blogger, an investor, former um finance director of a clothing retail chain in the 1990s and early 2000s previously trained uh, as an auditor with Price Waterhouse so I've checked the numbers I've done the numbers and now I analyze the numbers <laughs> and invest so um with as I always say a roller coaster ride of a personal investing history but uh, I've made a good living from it and got a reasonable portfolio although I've made lots of mistakes along the way Okay and um I've written the small cat value reports on stockopedia.com now for 11 years, and these the part one of my podcast is a a, a summary of the week's reports. So let's launch straight into Monday's report, which was the 26th of June. I wrote this with Roland this week. Graham was off doing something else. First off, interesting one from Bremar, which is BMS, or Bremar. This is a shipping services broker. Um, Now, a bit of a controversy. It was down 19% to £2.23. Um, now, it confirmed guidance for year ending February 2023, but it that, said that the shares would shortly be suspended because there's an ongoing forensic accounting investigation going on, which relates to historic transactions quite a long time ago, 2013 to 2017, and only $3 million. So I thought to myself, well, that doesn't sound very important. So does it really matter if the shares are suspended um, briefly because we're actually seeing quite a few companies uh, uh shares suspended due to audit issues. It's not as unusual as it was. It used to be an extremely unusual and a catastrophic event really if shares were 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 suspended, but less so now. Um so I was fairly sanguine about it, but the shares dropped nineteen percent. Um I reported on this before eight AM and the, I did wonder in the main report if there might be more to this. You know, if if there's some sort of underlying fraud, um, possibly, then that might make it all more serious. And the readers discussed this as well in the comments. So we don't know. We'll just have to wait to see it. did Brymar did bounce a little bit towards the end of the week, though. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. It looks very good value, though, if you look through the uh, accounting stroke audit problems. Now Roland looked at two companies in a nice, uh, uh, a nice bit of depth. So they were very interesting sections. I thought he looked at Dewhursts and D W H T. I can't remember what they do, and but it's a long-established, profitable company. Looks quite good. And Polar Capital P O L R. I don't personally look at the fund managers. So see Monday's small cap value report. Uh, if you're interested in those. Now, I looked at, again briefly at lookers. Now, one thing I noticed here, this is um, this is in a takeover bid situation. It's had an agreed bid of pound twenty, which was a useful premium from Canada. Uh, the car dealers, I think I said, nearly 500 million market cap. Now, um, the whole sector's in play, and I've bought into Pendragon and Virtue, which I think are both very good value on a standalone basis, and plus there's bid potential, I think, for the whole sector. So now, I've just, I, lookers, I'm saying to readers, maybe consider, up to you, but consider selling in the open market, because a lot of the institutions who gave irrevocable undertakings to support the bid at Lookers have actually been putting out updates in the market saying they've been selling blocks of shares. Now, obviously, somebody's buying the blocks of shares, so we don't know who. Is it the bidder? Is it somebody else who might be interested in bidding for it? No idea. But if you can sell at £1.18.6 in the market um, and you're only foregoing £1.4 for the final bit of the 120p bid... I think there's a lot to be said for grabbing the money now, because why are the institutions selling in the market? They must presumably perceive some, some deal risk, or maybe they want the money for redemptions or for to invest in something else. I don't know why they're selling, but it's unusual. I, I can't remember seeing before uh, bid situations where the institutions are selling up while the bid is in progress after having given an irrevocable undertaking. <coughs> so I think that's a potential warning. So personally, I would I would just bank the profits if it was me. Now, three, they're dropping like flies. Three uh, problem companies that have been clinging on for a long time uh, uh, look to now be... Uh, bust. Cineworld, I mean, this has been bust for a long time. It, told, it It said repeatedly, C-I-N-E, the huge cinemas chain that's overwhelmed with four or five billion of debt. Um, absolute criminal mismanagement by the previous management, I would say. Well, not criminal, but that's a turn of phrase. But uh, uh, it just shows, you know, gear today, gone tomorrow, the old adage. They massively overgeared it then, of course, when they ran into the pandemic, it was already already in trouble, Sydney World was, before the pandemic. So, plus it had a big legal action for an ab- abortive takeover. Absolute crock. And it was obvious it was a crock. So, God knows why anybody was trading this share. But it's, I think it's finally got... I think it might even still be trading. But they've said the PLC is going to be put into administration. Zero for existing shareholders. So, God, I've wasted so much time on that one. But I want to warn people. If I can see that something is an obvious zero, which Cineworld was and is and has been for a long time, I have to warn people so they don't get tempted into it. Also, two others, real tiny things that have finally given up the ghost pretty much is Deltex Medical and Deep Verge. Both of those have suspended pending clarification of financial situation, which is nearly always terminal. I made a brief comment about Aston Martin Lagonda as well. It's not a small cap, it's a mid cap really, but I, I'm, I'm an absolute car nut, so I, I like to comment sometimes on anything that interests me. Uh, it's done a deal with Lucid, the American uh, EV company, to buy powertrains from them, paying with a mixture of shares and cash. Not much dilution. I, th- I think Aston Martin's very interesting. You can't value it as a value share, because obviously it just makes awful losses every year. But, you know, I've, I've said before, if you look at Ferrari, um, it's four times the size of Aston Martin, and it's very profitable. So if Aston Martin can scale up, uh, and Ferrari has a huge valuation dozens of times bigger than Aston Martin Um, so you know there is an angle on Aston Martin, I wouldn't just automatically dismiss it and then finally I looked at Cakebox, I've gone amber stroke green on this, lots of positive things about Cakebox, CBOX profits were down because administrative expenses shot up and I didn't think they properly explained why Um, but it's got a terrific dividend yield, 5.9% I think it pays out most of its earnings in divvies uh, it's a franchise model, so it's expanding quite rapidly, but the franchisees bear the cost of the expansion. I like franchise models where they work well, which this one does. Good balance sheet, no issues there. But I do have still lingering issues of trust with management because of the uh, pretty awful uh, events of 2022. So that's why I'm not fully green on Cakebox, but I do think it's it's clearly a good business. And why don't they make low-sugar cakes? I'm diabetic, and 10% of the population is as well. And you just can't get sugar-free or low-sugar food anywhere. Everything's laden with vast amounts of sugar. So I think there's a big uh, niche market. Secondary, you know, uh, Box does egg-free cakes, which um, is, is, is pretty niche, but it obviously works because they're profitable. So why don't they also start doing some low or zero sugar cakes as well? I think there's a massive untapped market there. Uh, Very good reader comments on Monday. Thank you for contributing, everyone. And I think Wolf of Small Street gets the the accolade again for post of the day. He put up some charts of the various indices and macro comments. Quite uh, very interesting macro comments from lots of the readers, actually. And we discussed a number of other shares in the comments, like ProCook, as well as the ones in the main article. So thank you for your contributions, guys and girls. Now, on to Tuesday's report. And Now, as Roland and Graham did this, as I had a couple of uh, days off planned and booked, uh, so we've been playing musical blogger shares this week <laughs> with different people doing each report. But I was planning to be in D- Dubai this week. Um, a friend and I booked a week in Dubai. Now, you might think, why would I want to go to Dubai, given, you know, the human rights and the... Uh, draconian laws and all this sort of thing. Well, a friend of mine were discussing this and he said that, you know, yes, the, it doesn't have Western levels of um, tolerance and uh, legal protections and so on. However, there's no crime there. So basically, every everybody benefits every day from the fact that it's a well-ordered, crime-free society. Um Which got me thinking, you know, and obviously it's too hot this time of year year. anyway. We didn't go in the end because um, my friend couldn't get any time off from work, um, which was a pity. But um, I thought that was an interesting point, you know. And if you go to a country, you respect their laws and customs, that's my view. And you don't get involved in their politics. And then basically everybody leaves you alone. So um, I'm I'm probably going to go. I've never been to Dubai. I've been to UAE and it's okay. It's a bit nothing-key there. Um, but I might go to, I might spend January in uh, Dubai and just get an Airbnb and work somewhere where it's a pleasant temperature and probably save about six or £700 in electricity from home, which will pay for the flights. <laughs> anyway, on to Tuesday. Um, Roland wrote about Surface Transforms, SCE. Now, this has come down a lot from the peak earlier, uh, about a year ago. This is the ceramic brakes thing that has got big contracts, but it's been having teething problems, scaling up production, which is not really a surprise. I do... Now, um, Roland's Amber on it, and he's a hard man to please, so particularly for more speculative shares. So I think this one might be worth a fresh look. It's 29p now, 70 million market cap. Um doesn't look like it's going to hit the 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 forecast because of you know delays and glitches in production, which you'd expect wouldn't you when you're scaling up production from from nothing to potentially quite large amounts um seventy million doesn't seem excessive valuation to me, so that one um Uh, Roland says it's still speculative. I think it might be worth a fresh look for people prepared to take a bit more risk. I haven't looked at the cash. The number one thing with these things is always look first at the balance sheet and the cash flow statement to make sure they don't need to do another fundraise. Roland also looked at CML Microsystems. He's amber on that. I don't want to put words into his mouth, so see Tuesday's report for Roland's review of CML Microsystems. A semiconductor design group with lots of surplus property and cash. Graham looked at PZ Cousins. That's a soap maker, I think. He's amber on that. And Creo Medical. Now Graham marked this red, but I'm actually—it's uh, a share I actually own. I'm amber on it. Amber stroke green. It's Blue Sky, but it refinanced in March. So now, so we should give it a, a cash runway to break even. But Graham's sceptical. I understand that point. It's fine. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have a house view. Each writer puts their own personal view up. But I think there's something very interesting at Creo. It's now at the commercialisation stage of you know, game-changing um, precision medical instruments. So there's, there's something good there, I think. Um, but it, it, it obviously is speculative. Uh, there's more bad news from Unbound. We dropped co- uh, UBG, that's the Hotter Shoes thing, that's been a total disaster. We dropped coverage of that ages ago, about a year ago, I think, because it was obvious it was going horribly wrong. Um, now, one of our members, A. council always likes to to have a little dig at me over this, he, so he puts up basically the same post every time Unbound or host more uh, report saying that Stockopedia readers have lost money on this, and I was positive on them which I was and again I just apologize for for getting those wrong but uh, the writing was on the wall um, a long time ago on both and we we turned negative on them when the facts changed and you know with with um, with small caps some of them work some of them don't and because the facts change and both Unbound and, and Hostmore looked looked pretty good at the time they were demerged from Electra but um, in the meantime we've had a, a consumer confidence meltdown which has hit the restaurant trade really, really badly. Restaurant Group and other listed uh, hospitality companies have felt the pain as well. I think Unbound, looking, looking at it now, it was never any good. And management there, I slated management last year because they lied to me about not needing a fundraising when they were in the process of doing one. So I just marked it as uninvestable as I say, about a year ago. So to be, so A Council should bear in mind that actually when the facts changed, we did turn negative on those companies. And he points out correctly, never never buy anything that's um, floated by a private equity outfit. And I think that's a, a timely reminder from A Council. So thank you for that. But, um, you know, um, yeah, hasn't worked out. That's what happens with um, a lot of small caps. You know, it's perfectly par for the course that... Half of your ideas will work, half of them won't. The trick is obviously to get your multi baggers in on the ones that work and to sell the ones that are not working when the bad news starts to appear, as obviously I did with Host More and Unbound. Um, and, and, and readers, you know, I think an informal stop loss is a good idea where there's a, a any sort of element of doubt with any business. But again, apologies that Unbound and Host More didn't work out. It's just the way it goes sometimes. Was I hoodwinked by the private equity guys? Yeah, I think I probably was to a certain extent, actually. So uh, I'll I'll definitely be more sceptical in future. We live and learn, don't we? We live and learn. Lots of interesting reader comments from Tuesday. Again, uh, Wolf of Small Street uh, excelling with lots of interesting comments. And, you know, we must mention, as always, Mr Contrarian for his hilarious daily... Um, ...snapshot posts, which are just fantastic. So thanks so much for posting those, Alan. Uh, everyone loves them. Right, on to Wednesday, the 28th of June. This was Roland and Graham again. So my second day off, although I still was glued to my screen... ...reading RNSs and following the market. Same as usual, really. I just didn't have to write any reports. And I managed to get my email backlog from uh, down from 350 to 50. So that was good. I find if you leave emails more than six months... Um, you can. You don't really need to even open them or read them because if it was important, the people would have uh, emailed you again. So, but but sorry, I have been replying to people after about eleven months. So I think they're probably quite surprised to get replies that late. Uh, so apologies for all the people I've neglected. Anyway, Graham looked at mulberry. This is uh, it only has a very tiny free float with two big major shareholders so that's the handbags thing that's been very volatile in them multi-bagger in the past but then came down again graham likes to look at that one though Uh, various eateries roland had a look this is the pubs and sort of upscale pubs and um a, a small number of italian themed restaurants and they they buy up properties and spend an awful lot on the fit outs Um, And so far, this is, oh, what's his name? Hugh Osmond is the major shareholder. He owns 46%-ish. So obviously it floated on a high, uh, borrowing his reputation for success, multiple successes in the sector. Uh, But unfortunately, he doesn't seem to have breathed any magic on this one. Various eateries, V-A-R-E. And the half-year results are very poor. Profit warning. The whole sector's uh, restaurants, bars, really, really facing so many headwinds. And they've. Ne- I-, I looked at the accounts myself yesterday just to see if there was anything there. And I would, I would go red on it. I wouldn't touch it because it's nearly run out of cash. It spent all the money on these swanky fit-outs for the main brand is called Copper Club C O P P A. And I mean, they they look beautiful. They've um, beautiful sites, beautifully done up, but they're not making any money. Well, they might be at site level, but the group isn't overall. It's it's heavily loss-making. But I think it does have an H2 waiting, so maybe they'll improve an H2. But the outlook statement was a profit warning, and, you know, I think this thing could be in trouble. I think it might need to raise fresh money. I think there's very high risk of it delisting, because it's uh, so far really been, been an embarrassment, I would say. For Hugh Osmond, it hasn't worked. Although the conditions are so difficult, you know, maybe they'll just say, "Look, let's just take the bring, take the thing private, away from prying eyes, refinance it ourselves, and then you know, sell it to private equity for five hundred million in a few years' time, <laughs> or sell it back to the stock market uh, at the top of the cycle." I don't know. So various trees. It's a uh, uh, for me. And um, there we go. Now, Graham mentioned the ongoing slanging match between Boohoo and Revolution Beauty. This is fascinating to watch from the sidelines. Boohoo's basically trying to take it over without actually launching a takeover bid. It's trying to get its own people on the board. It succeeded at the AGM of removing the main three directors, but that then breached the Companies Articles Association. So the one remaining director then reappointed the people who'd just been sacked and they helped themselves to a load of share options, which is outrageous. Anyway, there's a brilliant uh, public bun fight going on between the two companies, which is enormous fun to watch. And I've got to say, Revol- Revolution Beauty shares have come back from... Suspension and are actually doing rather well. They've um, they've risen quite um, decently, which is quite unusual actually. Normally, when shares have been suspended for a long time, they they come back to a at a deep discount. But um, it's a very interesting trade there, I think. Um, not really something I've looked into as an investment, but I think you know as a as a shorter term trade, Revolution Beauty could be quite interesting. I don't know. Graham looked at War Paint. We love War Paint here. Very, very good. W7L, that's the makeup company that's doing tremendously well. Keeps putting out good updates. Lock and Store, Graham looked at. So see Wednesday's report if you're interested in that one. Uh, Roland looked at ProCook, P-R-O-C. That's a profit warning. I looked at it myself, and I think think they're in trouble. Uh, Family-owned, so... um, you know there's a big with big percentages that's very high delisting risk as well trouble is it's got the shops it's got the fixed overheads of the shops but it's like for like sales are dropping significantly about nine or ten percent i think yeah i think pro cook this is kitchen wares you know um sort of up up market kitchen wares but bought cheaply in china There are tailwinds now from buying from China because freight's so much cheaper and factory gate prices in some cases are falling. So I don't know. I mean, family businesses don't tend to fail. But um, I I, I personally, I'm going to steer clear of Procook. I think it looks high risk. And Virtue Motors, I love this one. I I declare a personal holding in Virtue Motors. Um, Roland looked at the trading update for the AGM. I had a quick look as well. Very happy with that one. Everything's going going fine there i think reader comments are interesting lots of readers putting their views in on revolution bars Uh, sorry revolution beauty if i said revolution bars before i meant revolution beauty revb this is the online makeup thing that's got into trouble and is having a huge row with boohoo over control uh we've got some quite interesting reader comments You see it in different ways Uh, depending on which company shares they hold, I think. But another one we've had an interesting discussion about on several of this week's reports is RBG Holdings. This is the legal services group that was uh, really screwed up by Nicola Fulston, that everybody seemed to think was this wonderful entrepreneur. She's turned out to be a complete disaster in in many ways. And um, the shares just keep dropping and dropping and dropping and there's worrying signs there. I think it's just another reminder that these legal, listed legal firms and, you know, the, the, the any sort of people business, it looks like they're very good on return on capital. But that's because the, the people who generate the capital walk out the door every night, don't they, and have loyalties only really to themselves uh, so they can set up on their own. They can, uh, once their lock-ins have expired, you know, I I just think generally, the outside shareholders uh, can be taken for a ride with these legal services companies. I I wouldn't. I don't think I'd touch any of them actually. But RBG Holdings in particular. I mean, is looking very distressed now. The shares just keep falling. There was an absolute debacle at the AGM as well, where Nicola Falston wasn't let in. Plus, she's obviously got fired for making racist comments at an uh, industry dinner. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's an absolute. Oh. Um, It's just a joke, the whole thing. What a bunch of clowns, quite frankly, in the way uh, they've messed this up. So, um, but who knows? I mean, we we just don't know what's going to happen. The other thing I would say with these legal firms is I think a lot of them um, dined out lavishly on, um, when they weren't making racist comments, that is, uh, they were dining out on... A lot of deal flow, I think, um, which may be drying up now on the commercial side of things with higher interest rates and with the IPO market stopping, you know. So maybe these things are vulnerable to all those big lucrative deals drying up. So that's another reason, I think, to be pretty wary about the legal services companies. Oh, and of course, they also help themselves to lots of share options, bonuses and all sorts of other arrangements, profit shares and things, which is another reason why I think outside shareholders of these legal services businesses, uh, you know, are probably drawing the short straw. Read your comments here. Just, yeah, just a reminder again, please don't forget to put the company name or ticker into your comments because a lot of people don't necessarily read in threaded form. I don't. I I So you I, I won't know what t- company you're talking about unless you put the name of the company into your comment, so that's very helpful. And you can also edit comments within the first hour. There's a button that looks like a stylus or a pencil, it, rather than posting a follow-up comment. Oops, I got that wrong. I meant blah blah blah. Just edit the original post if you realise your mistake in the first hour. We're trying to keep the comments less cluttered, uh, and so before you hit the send button, you know, do think: is this really adding to the pool of knowledge? This thousands of people are going to see this. Is it helpful? You know, just telling us that you've bought a share and nothing else is just wasting everybody's time completely. Nobody's interested. Unless you're Warren Buffett, nobody cares that you bought or sold. It doesn't matter to the thousands of other readers. So I only mention my my holdings because I'm obliged to to, uh, for the disclosure rules for the writers. There's a nice post here from Michael T. Uh, hello, Michael. We always chat at Mellow and other events. He's uh, got 59 thumbs ups for uh, basically saying, you know, a be greedy when others are fearful. He quotes Warren Buffett, and uh, yes, things are difficult at the moment. We know that, um, but you know, things will improve and we'll all, I think, we'll do very well from current levels on if we're in the the right sort of stocks. So I'm seeing so much value at the moment; it's actually quite. Uh, uh encouraging i think you know when people are in utterly despairing and selling in despair that's when you're forming that's when you're in the process of forming a base and then uh, another bull market starts i've seen it all before several times this market at the moment feels a bit like for small caps feels a bit like 2001 or 2002 to me which i've mentioned before in 2003 it was my best year ever so you'd be surprised the uh These things come back quite quickly when they do start coming back. But we don't know when, do we? So we'll just have to wait and see. But with a portfolio of good quality companies, small caps, bombed out at the moment, I think if you just went to sleep for two years, you'd wake up considerably richer, in my opinion. I don't know that for sure. Oh, Ethereum AFRN was also mentioned in the reader comments. A really awful update from that. I'm steering well clear. I mean, the sales of its devices have absolutely collapsed. So, um, yeah, that looks really precarious, I have to say. Net used to have loads of net cash. It's now got some significant net uh, net debt. It does the set-top, set-top boxes, uh, TV boxes. So I'm, I'm worried about Ethereum. I'm not going to bottom-fish that one for sure. Right, on to Thursday. I came back with a bang. I got up really early uh, and wrote something about the water companies. Not really relevant to small caps. But I just wanted to look into why the water companies uh, are apparently now in trouble with excessive debt, which we've known about for a long time. I've commented on that uh, in the past, that apparently they were floated without debt by the Thatcher government. And ever since, they've just been racking up more and more um, debt. And are now, obviously, now interest rates have gone up. That's become a, a big problem. So um, I reviewed the accounts of Seven Trent so and came to some very, very surprising conclusions which you won't read in the mainstream press because most of them simply haven't got a clue what they're talking about because they haven't looked at the accounts. <laughs> and actually, the readers backed me up on that. They said we got quite a few reader comments from people who know the sector well who said, uh, you know, that my comments hit the nail on the head. So have a look at Thursday's report for my revelations about the water industry. <laughs> now, Graham looked at Tinybill, T-B-L-D, really interesting, this one. Graham went amber on it surprisingly now the shares dropped 80% and they've already plummeted I've been doing some research on it myself and I should declare a position here I've taken a totally speculative uh, long position in it myself I bought them at an average of seven and a half pence and I know this is high risk but it doesn't look as if it's going to run out of money just yet uh, although the Zius note does say that at the interim because it's spending huge amounts of its cash pile oh ignore that ignore that there's injury t- there's injury time to add on to it because I I've been pressing pause along the way so I've actually done 28 minutes so let's give myself another 15 minutes injury time on the egg timer. Right, a Tiny Build. Yeah, very, very interesting special special situation. Not for widows and orphans. Graham analysed it. It's a horrible profit warning. The CFO resigns. Forecast brought right down. And as I say, it's burning through its cash pile at a hu- at a, an alarming rate, developing new games. Um, but the I looked at the IPO. It was at £1.69. It ended the week at nine pence. Um now the CEO banked 56 million quid in the IPO he's this rather quirky Ukrainian guy who um the videos are on Meat company um they also say that the games platforms i think that's things like Steam and the uh the console game platforms like Xbox and so on uh, where where you now buy games online i believe um, they're apparently scaling back the, the the amount they're going to pay tiny build, so it looks a complete mess. But I think we saw massive volume on Thursday, and obviously institutions dumping uh, looks like at any price. So there could be a trade there for people like me who have a high risk tolerance. So I'm going to do some more work on that this weekend. Now, what have we got? sis Group, uh, S Y S. Final results, I had a look at this. Uh, yeah, oh, th- oh, this was all right. Nothing nothing particularly interesting. Making bank debt with uh, acquisitions of bank debt. I also did a section about multibaggers within that system, uh, s- sysgroup section. It's a managed ICID services minnow. Can't see anything particularly exciting about it. Shares look okay. But if they use it as a vehicle to make... Good acquisitions in future, it could be worth keeping an eye on. It's only 15 million market cap, but the CEO's leaving, so and with these multi baggers, it's all about backing the right CEO I think so I've written uh, um, some stuff about that in Thursday's report which is worth a look I think following on prompted actually by Megan who's uh, done some very good articles and a podcast on uh, and a webinar about multibaggers which I found very interesting Graham looked at Tandem, this is the bikes distributor thing, it's a struggling It's always been struggling. I cannot see any attraction to that share at all. There's balance sheet support, but so what? You know, it's just bringing in in stuff from China, selling it on to retailers for a modest markup and hardly making any profit. So I I can't see the point in getting involved in tandem at all. Uh, PPHE Hotels. This looks interesting. Graham had a look at that one. Uh, He's gone green on that. I think it looks interesting too. Oh, I forgot to put up a summary for Moonpig. I looked at Moonpig. I don't like it, but um, uh, it's not quite as bad as I thought it was last time I looked at it. But basically, the acquisition it made of the Experiences business is marking, masking rather, a significant decline in its other businesses. So the headline numbers, you need to dig a bit deeper into them and you'll find it, the, the core business is not trading particularly well. Uh, Now, I looked at Delarue. I only put a really brief comment up pre-market because I thought I wanted to flag up the fact that this update, uh, it's a special situation. It's it's got a lot of problems, Delarue has. We've covered it in great depth in the archive, but the March 23 results were in line and there were some actually... I won't say good, but less bad things in the updates, which I've just done. Six bullet points here, and I put that out before the market opened at seven fifty-seven, because I thought it was price sensitive, and, it, and there could be a good bounce on this share. So that's why I, I rushed out a quick bullet point section. And I was right, actually, the shares bounced quite nicely, ending the week at 44 or 45, starting it at 36B. So um, maybe one or two readers um, were able to grab a few, I don't know. I think it might be worth uh, having a look at. I've got it on my 2023 watch list in the speculative section, it's down heavily, but I've decided to leave it there rather than uh, pull out. Uh, Current trading's in line at Delarue, this prints banknotes and Authentication products for cigarettes and things like that to stop um, counterfeits. What else? Uh, oh, order intake sounds okay. Net debt's far too high, I've said, but the terms have been renegotiated with the bank, so it doesn't sound like the bank will pull the plug. But of course, they could force uh, a discounted equity raise. That's the big risk with distressed. Uh, lending type situations and the pension fund fund trustees have agreed a deferral of large cash injections that's again a sign of a company in distress but it's good that they've been able to agree that with the pension trustees and the material uncertainty in the going concern statement that we had last time has been removed so some signs of possible recovery at Delarue but only possible recovery I think it's still high risk so do be careful with that one um, not for widows and orphans. What are we? What else have we got scrolling down? Oh, Moonpig, here we are. Yeah, I'm amber stroke red instead of red on Moonpig. I don't think it's um, that good. And the main issue is it borrowed far too much for an acquisition. The balance sheet's hideous. Um, but it is a capital-like business model. It doesn't have much in receivables or inventories. And customers pay up front. Uh, I flagged up that really the customer cash should be in a separate ring-fenced account but it isn't so i think that's a bit naughty they're certainly aggressive with their accounting okay i think that was everything for um yeah that was everything for thursday so let's move on to on to friday no it's full of beans on friday morning i got up about five i'm doing dry july actually i've decided i need a bit of reset because uh i've been drinking too much again and i think i just it just makes me say and do stupid things so i decided i needed a reset a bit like dry january um, So I've been doing dry July, but I started on my birthday um, in early June. So um, I think I'm definitely feeling more productive uh, as a result of that. So it's going to end up being dry June and dry July, which is good, I think. Anyway, um, so uh, but strangely, I'm now waking up at five thirty in the morning every day. (laughs) Which is most odd. So, uh, BOTB I looked at again. That looks like that's now a done deal. Very disappointing, obviously, at £5.35. But there we go, it's management, management sold out ages ago at 24 quid a share, they banked about 70 million quid, so their remaining holdings are only worth about 10% of that, so I don't suppose they really care that much, they probably, and they've been doing it for 25 years, so they probably want to actually do something else with the rest of their lives, so I, I, can, I can understand why management have sold it on the cheap to Teddy Saggy, um, it's just, it is disappointing for small shareholders, but there we go. It's Still, we've made 30% year to date, so not too bad. Gleason, this is a really interesting update. Oh, I've by the way, BOTB, I've now sold nearly all of my shares in that in the market because I want to redeploy the money into other things. So that was my biggest position uh, a little while ago. Um so I haven't done too badly on it. I bought them well and I made about uh, I don't know, something like a 20-25% profit on them in a few months. So that could have been worse. Even though long term we should have done much much better on that if management had actually stuck to what they told us they were going to do which was have a partnership with teddy saggy but uh, the goalposts moved radically into a different postcode basically and we got a uh, we i think i feel we did get stitched up really but look overall i can't moan too much about botb management worked incredibly hard we're very fair to shareholders most of the time uh, only drawing reasonable salaries, didn't take the piss with uh, share options, paid lots of divies, special divies, tender offers. You know they were pretty good nearly all the time. Um, obviously the the big secondary placing at twenty four quid to the institutions, um, stuffed them with an overpriced share in a, in the pandemic boom. But you know caveat emptor. Uh, that's the way it goes, doesn't it? Nobody forces anyone to buy any shares, and small shareholders had an opportunity to make a 30 bagger on this from a pound to 30 quid. So the opportunity was there. Um, I did very, very well on it first time round, so I'm not complaining overall. I've done all right on it second time round, so no hard feelings from me for BOTB. And we'll see what William March does with his next project, which should be interesting, because he's very shrewd. MJ Gleeson, the house builder that I really, really like, that put out a very interesting update on Friday, and thank you to the reader who flagged it to me. They've done a block sale of um, several hundred of their uh, low-end um, cheap houses <clears throat> to a, a massive institution, I think a Canadian institution. Carlisle, I th- are they Canadian? But anyway, they got hundreds of billions of dollars under management. So I think this is really, really interesting. And it's it's not that material for the June year end um, this year, obviously, because it's only just been done. But the June 24 year end, it's going to be 12% of the total volume of sales for that year forecast. So this could plug the gap for a slowdown in house builders generally, apparently Barrett's issued a similar, announced a similar deal. I think this is a game changer and it makes the whole house building sector very much more attractive because they're not now entirely dependent on consumer demand. Um, They can sell blocks of houses, obviously at a bit of a discount, but um, to institutional buyers who buy them to rent out. And that could help... uh, it could help keep house prices up, and it could uh, improve the supply of housing for rental, which I think we badly need don 't we uh, so very interesting I think this is a this is a game changer and I'm, I'm, i I like Gleason before this announcement so i 'm unequivocally positive on Gleason now i don 't currently hold I had been looking to for a spot to buy back in. Um, but uh, I don't have any cash at the moment, so I can't. Costain, we looked at, looks very, very cheap. Um, and they announced an interesting deal to reduce their cash injections into the pension fund. But I worked through the detail. And because there's a a matching clause for the dividends paid, it actually crimps you know, or restricts the amount of dividends they can pay if they don't want to uh, also make payments into the dividend into the pension fund, rather. So it's not quite as positive as it seemed, and we had very interesting reader discussions from sector experts who uh, don't sound keen on Costain. I have to say, despite its value metrics and it does have a good balance sheet, but people are saying it's not as good as it appears. So I bow to people's expertise on that, but certainly a P of four with a strong balance sheet and two in-line updates recently does make it look interesting but they 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 fell out of the road project um the A66 i believe and i felt that was announced but we didn't really get proper detail on it so i'd like to know more and pario i looked at this is the specialist feeds thing anp just not impressed with this it's not growing it's struggling <coughs> another rather lackluster update but they've got they did set out good reasons why h2 might be better so I'm amber on that. Uh, record. The readers asked me to look at this. REC. This is one of these Forex um, traders stroke fund manager. Looks really interesting. Niche business. Uh, not my sector. I don't know the company very well. But it's got a um, very good track record. Owner managed business. He's retiring. The guy I actually called Record. He's retiring. Um, uh, but anyway, so I haven't really got a view on it. But I do want to flag it up to readers. I think it's... The numbers look good, a very good increase in profitability, nice valuation metrics, I think, very generous dividends. Have a look at Record. If you invest in that sector, you might be interested in it. And all the Forex companies are doing very well at the moment. Um, Equals, Argentex, Record, um, there's, there's oh, what's the other one? There are a couple of others, I think. Anyway, interesting sector, not really a sector that interests me personally, um, but uh I can't I can't quibble over the figures at record, it's worth a look. Lathams I looked at, L T H M. Um good and bad on that. Look at Friday's report for that. And V A R E. Oh that was I just did a very short note on various sea Right. I think that is pretty much it. And just on Friday I'm just scrolling through the reader comments here. Really, really good again. Thanks to everyone contributing. We've got good discussions on the house builders, on macro. Uh, Costain and Galliford Trier also discussed by people who know the sector and we have a good old laugh at a couple of articles uh, at uh, RBG Holdings expense and Nicola Foulston's expense um, thank you for the links to those, they're hilarious and uh, oh, Angle is discussed I don't have a view on that and Renell Ticks so quite a few companies discussed in the reader comments on Friday right, I think that's it the The egg timer is literally about to go off. So um, again, so that's it. I've gone slightly over at forty one minutes. Uh, I hope that's been interesting. And thank you again for um, subscribing to Stockopedia. We do appreciate your support and all your brilliant reader comments. You know, um, keep them coming because it's it's fascinating, particularly when sector experts. Um, contribute, uh, who can bring an added dimension to it that I won't know just from the numbers at all. So, right, I shall put my thinking cap on now and, um, oh, there we go. I deliberately waffled for a minute because I wanted that to go off again. (laughs) Anyway, look, I'll leave it there. Thanks again. Part two to follow shortly. Bye.